Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Plus Dave podcast, a Tottenham Hotspur themed show brought to you by an assortment of Spurs fans and a Leeds fan called Dave. Unlike Spurs, we are actually performing this week and unlike the Burnley groundskeepers, we are actually going to be putting in a shift. The show must go on. I'm joined today by Dave and Elio. Guys, welcome to the show. We keep going. Takes more than a bit of snow to slow us down. How are we doing today? Nothing to report, I think. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to try and squeeze out something of a podcast here. I mean, we, we do have a little bit to talk about. I mean, the natural place to start is the Burnley game. I mean, look, it's a disappointment, isn't it? We were looking forward to it. We talked about it. Elio, how, how has this whole experience left you feeling? I'm not sure if I'm in a better or worse mood than had we played and lost. <laughs> um, you build your weekend around a football mm. game. You look forward to it. And then with less than an hour's notice, it gets called off and it, it leaves you in a bad mood. And I know there's various safety reasons and various sort of public interest reasons, like not trying to keep the police commandeered for ages while you try and sort out the pitch and that kind of thing. So I know there's reasons why it gets called yeah. off, but my big gripe, which we'll go into in a bit, is why it even got to the game being under threat in the first place. Yeah. And and I'm just, especially having lost on Thursday, having essentially thrown the match so that we had a fresh team for this <laughs> game, it, it just makes you feel a bit, what the hell about yeah. everything, doesn't it? Do you think that's what actually happened? Was that our game plan? <laughs> Throw the match to rest up for Burnley? Well, we played a heavily rotated yeah. side, let's say. We didn't show much concern for the result of Thursday yeah. compared to this Suddenly game. Suddenly looked and, like it, didn't it? I do have a surprise in store, though, but I'll wait till we get to actual discussion about the non-match. Well, I mean, why wait, Elio? We're talking about the non-match. What were you going to say? So, for anybody listening who is disappointed that they haven't had a match between Burnley and Spurs to vent their spleens at and get angry and upset mm-hmm. about, I've dug up from a October 1974 match report a home defeat, not away, unfortunately, but a home defeat to Burnley. Um, the score was 2-3, and here is the match report. Spurs scored five goals in this first division match with Burnley, but ended up on the losing side at White Hart Lane. And it was a memorable first division game against Burnley for Mike England and John Pratt, but not wholly for the right reasons. Both players scored own goals in the first half, but managed to get one each for the right side in the second half. Mike England twice beat Pat Jennings to give Burnley a 2-0 lead with only 20 minutes on the clock. The Spurs skipper for the day managed to nudge Ian Brennan's cross into his own net and then deflected Paul Fletcher's shot past his keeper. There are only 10 minutes remaining when John Pratt got low to head home and Jimmy Neighbour centre to flash the ball into the net, quickly followed two minutes later by Mike England completing a strange hat-trick of sorts with a goal at the right (laughs) end, heading in from a left-wing neighbour corner at the Park Lane end to make it 2 all. This was not the end of the action, though, as Coates went close in the second half with a volley that went just over the bar, and then Leighton James burst through only for Phil Beale to take him out. As referee Kirkpatrick brought out his book to take Beale's name, the Spurs defender poked him in the chest and was dismissed with three minutes of the game left. It was enough time for Burnley to go for a winner, and then when James Schott took a nick of John Pratt to confound Jennings, it left Burnley 3-2 winners. That's outstanding. I, I wish that had been the game this weekend. <laughs> that would have been a great podcast to talk about that one. What a- podcast that would have been not too different from Conte's first game actually it sounds like similar <laughs> when we were two no up lost three two two red cards or was it three red cards oh, that ridiculous game how did Leeds get on this weekend Dave bit of a boring one there as well yeah it's not much to talk about this week is there uh we absolutely burgled a point away from uh, <laughs> from the Amex yeah. but I mean we we don't we don't win there so I think they've won the last five on the bounce and I don't think we've <laughs> scored a goal so now we still haven't scored a goal but we have got a point and yeah. we didn't Looked like we were going to score until the 86th minute, but you know. Yeah. Were you watching uh, the match, Dave? Uh, I did watch the game, yeah, yeah. Is it true that the Brighton fans, after about half an hour, started booing their side? No, they booed at full time. Oh, it was at full time. Mm. You, you could see it as well. It's, it's quite interesting, basically. The final whistle went and Potter went and went to shake uh, Bielsa's hand, but he just looked behind him and went, are they booing? And then you could lip read him saying mm. to his coaches, they're booing, they're booing. Yeah, well, there you go. It's not just our and, fans uh, then. And he, and he went and he, and he had a bit of a dig at post-match interview, quite so, rightly, because if, quite frankly, if, if, if Brighton fans think they're bigger than Graham Potter, then they're deluded. Brighton, third or fourth year in this league, 
ninth after 13 games with 18 points, playing some of the best football, definitely the best football they've ever seen, but some of the best football in the league at the moment. And they're booing because they're scraping through against a good lead side. I mean, well, they didn't even scrape through. You can only assume that those people that are booing are booing because they were booing the strikers for not being able to finish because they dominated us. You know, they, they should have won. They should, they have should won be used to that. Though, isn't that kind of Brighton's MO, just dominating games and not scoring goals? Not that we can talk. I think I saw a stat. It's the second time this season that they've had over 20 or more shots in a game. Wow. The other game was against Arsenal and both of those games ended 0-0. They need to be careful. Mm. Charlton thought they were above Alan Kerbishley once upon a time and after 10 years straight or something like that in the Premier League, they went down in the 11th year. Yep. Well, Ipswich, one division below Ipswich thought they were better than Mick McCarthy. That didn't work out that well. <laughs> Well, obviously, booing's still a sore spot for me after last week. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see Spurs fans aren't the only one filled with absolute knuckleheads. Well, obviously no booing in the stands this week, but there's been a lot of, effectively, a lot of virtual booing on Twitter <laughs> and just, yeah, just in general among our fan base and, and arguably rightly so. I mean, as you said earlier, Eddie, we were all expecting a game and it's always a shame, especially on a Sunday when it's kind of, you know, you've got work the next day, you're looking forward to having the highlight of your day being the Spurs match and it mm. just doesn't happen. I guess the elephant in the room that a lot of people are either hinting at or just straight up saying is that this match wouldn't have suited Burnley right now. They've got a lot of players out. They've got a couple of players suspended. Fair enough, those suspensions will carry through to the next game. They've got, I think, three or four key players injured at the moment. I mean, do you think they could have done more? I mean, it's hard to know without knowing the whole story. But from what you've read and what you've seen, do you think more could have been done to ensure this game went ahead? Is there really an excuse for this in this day and age? I mean, I'm going to mitigate what I say by saying, yes, I understand that just because the Manchester City game went ahead doesn't mean the Burnley one should have weather doesn't work like that. They're 30 miles apart. Yeah. Also, Burnley's on fairly high ground, so it's a bit more susceptible to slow. It's up in the hills. I get that. However, Burnley knows exactly where its ground is. It knows that when it gets cold in England, there may well <laughs> be snow. Yeah. You'd think they'd have better measures in place to deal with the situation, and maybe they do, and without wanting to be a conspiracist, thought that they would implement them that proactively. Don't put a fiver in the meter. Well, look, no. this is this is what I've heard. I'm going to read out a few stats. You can take off this what you want, but they do actually have undersoil heating for the avoidance of any doubt. They do have undersoil heating, okay. which apparently the idea is you're supposed to turn it on in advance so the pitch gets to a certain level so the snow doesn't settle, which they didn't do. They also didn't cover the pitch despite obviously having a weather forecast well in advance to say that it was going to snow. So that wasn't done. And they didn't actually start clearing the pitch until about 45 minutes before kickoff. Now, if that's all true, do you think this is something the Premier League could look into? I don't know if there's any kind of precedent for this, but I don't remember ever seeing an incident where a match was postponed and a team was punished for it. Because there's an argument to say maybe we should be given the points for this. I mean, look, we'll take what we can get as Spurs fans, right? But I mean, we, we joke, but... There has to be a line, right? There has to be some kind of sanction to stop this sort of thing happening, though. If they've done everything within whatever the written rules are, then there'll mm. be nothing anyone can do. But if it is true that they have the undersoil heating and they did not turn it on in advance of the snow actually falling, then that's obviously something that should raise suspicion. Undersoil heating is there to prevent ice, not to prevent mm. snow. It's there to stop players having a skid risk. It's not meant to be yeah. a snow deterrent. So uh, I'll hold my hands up. And this is something I've learned today myself as well, because obviously in my anger, I wanted to find every possible <laughs> of thing I could throw at Birmingham. Yeah. But even so, it, it, it does sound suspect if that is true. Ultimately, the pictures I've seen is in the year 2021, men with brooms trying to clear snow off of a Premier League football pitch. Yeah. A Premier League football pitch, and not a newly promoted club, not a fairy tale story who've just got up against all odds or anything like no. that. This isn't Blackpool. They have money. Fifteen years ago, this is a side who have, from just Sky TV. Let's forget BT. Let's forget Amazon. Let's forget overseas rights. From just Sky TV, have earned upwards of half a billion in the past five years just by existing in the Premier League and this is before you take into account any gate receipts this is before you take into account the fact that they're not actually spending any money on players which is why Sean Dyche has come close to walking a couple of times so what are they doing why what mm. I mean 
I think Dave's got a nice one for us, which I'm going to leave to him to bring up. But where's this money going? I mean, they're owned by an investment company. Spurs are owned by an investment company as well. Spurs have spent no expense in creating a state-of-the-art stadium. I'm not. This would not have happened at our ground, would it? This would not have happened at our grounds. When we've had games called off because of bad weather, it's been because of the terrible transport links around Spurs, meaning that it was unsafe Mm. for people to walk to the stadium. That's when we've had games called off. It's never been because of our pitch. It's always unsafe to walk to our stadium, isn't it? Well, let's let's not alienate anybody who actually happens to be a local fan, but, (laughs) but... But Burnley, they've had a game called off because their pitch was not fit for purpose. If their pitch isn't fit for purpose, that means their stadium isn't fit for purpose. If their stadium Mm. isn't fit for purpose, why are they allowed to play in the Premier League? Why? Yeah. Dave, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, it's it's a bit ridiculous, isn't it? But we're talking about this in 2021. Yeah, it is ridiculous. And I do think, you know, obviously, I don't know. And it's all, you know, you could argue we're all just being whingy trolls at the moment. But at the same time, there's probably a difference between an undersoil heating that Burnley have got and an undersoil heating that another club have got and another undersoil heating. They might just have a few lamps under there. Um, But um, (laughs) We need a science lesson, really. Exactly. And, And I think... I think Elio's right in the sense that we shouldn't be seeing that. And, you know, the amount of money that I'm almost certain Burnley lose because of lack of a match day mm. experience, you know, they're not, then, you know, even though they are getting them hundreds of millions from Sky, they probably, they probably could do with a match day hospitality. And on yeah. that note, I did a bit of reading and I did see that they'd plowed a lot of money over the last couple of years into hospitality with new yeah. suites and new centenary banqueting suites mm. so that people can watch <laughs> this nice warm corporate boxes. Watch, watch the football in, in style yeah. or not watch the football at all, mm. but get boozed up and maybe have a good time anyway. But yeah, I think it's... Yeah. Um, it's just it's not what I would ever expect to see in the Premier League and it's just a bit daft. And now, of course, with an already busy schedule and with Christmas time coming up and everything, it's only going to get worse. We're going to have to shoehorn this game in somewhere down the line. I mean, you could argue that Spurs will hopefully be in a better position by the time this game goes ahead when there's, you know, a few months under content. But it's splitting hairs, isn't it? And it's it's not great. We, we don't want to be piling the fixtures on. I mean, there's every chance we'll be out of the Europa Conference League by then, which will help. <laughs> we'll get onto that in a second. I can only um, hope that when you do play them, you batter them. Well, I yeah. think, yeah. I think thing is, if should. we do finish second in our group, which... You have to hope we will. Rens have already qualified top. They'll probably play reserves against us because there's no reason for them to play a strong team in a few days. So if we do finish second, then that means we qualify through to the next round, but have an extra playoff game extra to game, play yeah. as a result. Mm. So that's two extra matches plus yeah. a Burnley match. Um, and if that game showed anything, it's that we are lacking in depth. So we really don't need a busy fixture schedule at the moment or any time this season. I mean, we'll see if we bring more players in over Christmas, but yeah, it's not ideal. Speaking of not ideal, here's a tweet that I want to say it made me laugh, but it's just too harsh. This is from a Spurs fan from the States on Twitter. Ken17. Dallas to London to Burnley. Almost there. 31 hours, no sleep, fueled by coffee, cheese crackers and more coffee. Frigid temps and snow predicted for match day. The things we do when you love your club. Oh, Ken. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's a rough one isn't it I, I did see a few responses to that from some Spurs fans and yeah. I think I think he's probably going to be all right of it I think I think he's got some hospitality lined up for Thursday as well so yeah. I, oh, I well, think he should go. be all right but yeah Hopefully. I mean what what an absolute kick in the teeth you have to be yeah. in Burnley and it took you 31 hours to get there I mean yeah. that's ridiculous so maybe um, the next time you moan about your nine hour round trip in the car and your nice warm car going from Andover and back yeah imagine if you did that three times three times in yeah. a row and you were in Burnley and you actually get to watch the game I don't know if that makes it better or worse but you know <laughs> yeah well look we're gonna have a few double weeks coming up at some point further down the season for us so we're gonna have lots of games to talk about lots of editing for you to do after nice long episodes yeah yeah i mean we can't wait for that that'll be fun won't it uh let's talk about the game we actually have played since our last episode as much as we'd like to pretend it didn't happen i mean do we get really worried about that game i mean look it's a horrible result it's an embarrassment but is that one where you just say it's not our first team it's not a tournament we're taking that seriously and it's if anything not our first does team. it just it's... show the board that they need to invest in more depth if we didn't know that already the problem is You can caveat it by saying not players that play together regularly. You can say that it's not the first team. It's still very well-paid international footballers. You can say that conditions are unforgiving and all that kind of thing. But truth of the matter is, we were playing a side who'd get relegated from the championship in this country. It was a 
a very poor side we were playing and one mm. that Harry Kane took about 10 minutes a couple of months back to single-handedly tear apart. So that level of performance from players who should be playing to impress this manager, having not got their chance under him yet, uh, that level of performance is unacceptable. I mean, mm. and Dombele, you, you don't need to revisit previous rants to know that he's just living up to the stereotype I've been painting of him. Yeah. Deli Ali, what what is wrong with you, Deli Ali? It's getting worse, isn't it? And I don't want to be seen to give a free pass to anyone. So I know he's new and he's a bit exciting and he, he's got a bit of flair. But Brian Hill, you've got to do more than that if you're actually looking to develop with us and break into our plans. Um, this does not look like a bunch of players trying to take opportunity with a new manager coming in to make a name for themselves. I mean, Tanganga and Sanchez. I mean, what was that, Sanchez? What what was that? I mean... He had a bit of a mare, didn't he? Both goals, you could argue, were his fault. He, he made the same mistake for the second goal that he made yeah. for the first one. I mean, it's insane. Mm. Um, Galini, I'm wondering if he does actually save anything or if he's just uh, another pointy shouty bloke. Um, he seemed to forget how to use his hands a couple of times, didn't he? And Sessignon, mm. element Harsh of track, first game back after a long time injured, and the first booking was not really a booking. Mm. I'm not even sure it was a foul. Second one was a foul, and it yeah. served a second yellow. And but... that's the point. You should know. You should be mature enough if you're on a and, yellow. Not to and listen, I, I get it. He's been frustrated. He's had all these injury problems. He gets his chance. He was probably a bit too hyped up. But play with your head a little bit. I mean, mm. th- that ultimately is the reason we lost the match. Because... Yeah. Possibly. Ultimately, we were throwing everything forward with 10 men and we were leaving Sanchez, who will agree was having a very bad game. Let's not talk about beyond that 90 minutes because we could easily go to town on Davins and Sanchez. But that's the reason why he was left completely exposed for a counter at the end, because we were bombing forward trying to get a winner so that we'd have a chance to win the group on the final day. And... We had too few players on the pitch, so Sessignon let himself down big time with that. Ga- uh, not Gary Doherty, he was another useless footballer, but Matt Doherty, I'm, I'm wondering... Have we had any good Dohertys? I don't think there ever have been any good Dohertys. I mean, the old, what was it, Libertine singer or something like that? He Pete. Was a, Pete, yeah, he was a Pete moron Doherty. as well. I mean, Maybe we accidentally signed Pete Doherty. Seriously, what is wrong with our players? These guys should be trying to impress in games like this. They should look at FC Mura and think, you know what, this is our opportunity to fill our boots, to really Mm. show the manager what we can do with a bit less pressure on us, and it might put us in contention to play against Burnley on Sunday. And instead, they just phoned it in completely. I mean, I I would not be sad if I never saw Deli Alley, never saw Sanchez, never saw Doherty, never saw Ndombele, Mm. never saw any of these guys come anywhere near a Spurs shirt again. I mean, Oliver Skip is not an attacking player, but he created more for us than Ndombele did. Yeah. What's wrong with the guy? What What is between his ears? I want to know. I, w- I want to spend five <laughs> minutes with him and say, how do you not get that you are one of the luckiest effing yeah. people alive mm. and you're just pissing it away? I don't know why I chose to use one swear word and not the other there, but that's the kind of mood talking about that match. That, that's that's how in. mad he makes you. <laughs> I saw a tweet the other day and apologies to whoever it was because I didn't screenshot this. I can't remember who to credit, but it was something on the lines of losing to Man United got us a new manager. Losing to Mura will get us a new squad, which is maybe wishful thinking. But do you think there's something in that in the sense that that was a glaring demonstration of how much we're lacking in squad depth? If we didn't already know that, do you think with the January window coming up, and I know we're not going to talk about specific signings, but is that kind of a cry out to the board saying, we need investment, buy new players? Do you think that could be a blessing in disguise at some level? I don't think Conte needs that match to tell him that no. Deli Ali isn't up to it and Matt mm. Doherty isn't up to it. It may be nail in the coffin territory, but that performance wasn't even our worst performance of the season by any stretch. That's the thing. There's a reason why we sacked a manager after 10 games and brought in another manager. And it's not because the players are setting the world alight, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I think you're right in the kind of final nail in the coffin rather than something that he didn't already know. I think, think, you know, good managers come into a club knowing everything about the players. 
and yeah. and he'll have known and he'll have known that Deli Ali hasn't done anything for a good few years now. And yeah, that that game will have just underlined what he already knew, and I doubt that will change what the plan is for January and then the summer. I would say that I don't mind his hair now that it's got a bit of colour in it. To be honest. <laughs> Oh, it, it offends me. I feel like you need to be a much better player than that to justify that kind of haircut, but maybe that's had, just me had showing more, my age. Hasn't he had more haircuts than goals more colors. in the I last think he has years? More, right? more individually colored dreadlocks than goals in the last year or something, mm. something like that. I've seen a few a few variations of that particular stat, but we'll leave Delhi alone for I a I like minute. it. I like it. <laughs> well, well, Dave, you're obviously younger and cooler than me in that case. Um, so our next game, our next game is against Brentford, who they're a team that are, you know, it's probably fair to say surpassing most people's expectations. They're kind of this year's, I guess, Leeds or Sheffield United. They're the, the promoted team that are doing well and seem quite hard to beat. And strike me as the kind of team that Nuno Spurs would have almost definitely struggled against. Will Conte Spurs struggle against Brentford next week, assuming it's not snowed off? <laughs> well, that would be brilliant yeah. if it snowed off on Thursday. <laughs> You know what? It's a dangerous game because Brentford, I mean, they've got every reason to have their tails up. Tony's looking very good at the moment. Um, they've, they've got a few players I really, really like, actually. Uh, he's one of them as well. He's someone that I wanted us to get a year ago before they got promoted. Yeah, I remember. To tell you the truth, I, I really like Rico Henry. I think he's a really, really good wing back. He's scoring as well. Norgard's a decent player and Buemo looks really, really talented. And more than all of that, they've got a manager who has them playing good football. He's brought them up and not gone full stoke. He's actually got them playing decent football, got them playing a nice attacking system and succeeding with it as well. But he hasn't gone the way Daniel Farker was going with Norwich in that he was completely unwilling to sacrifice his purism he has got a bit yeah. of steel in there and that's why it's working whereas whereas Daniel Farker really wanted it to be sort Beautiful of football. Norwich alone yeah. or something yeah. and that's mm. why they struggle so much despite winning that league at a canter again last yeah. season so I, I do think there's a lot of good about Thomas Frank and we need to be on our game on Thursday that said we are at home as I've just mm. remembered um we <laughs> yeah. we well we should be very well rested uh the first yeah. team players when I've played for 10 days and that means not so much that they'll be completely fresh because the gap was enough even without that but yeah. more that they will have had even more time purely training purely getting in sync with what Conte wants out of them and and that can only put us in good stead so anything but a win yeah. will be a disappointment you worried about our defense at all now that Romero's looking like he's going to miss a few games I mean, one of Sanchez or Tanganga is going to play. Tanganga at the moment is struggling and not quite living up to the promise he showed at the beginning of the season. Sanchez, he... he oh, yeah, you know. after that game. But Dyer is having a very good season, in my opinion. That was true before Conte arrived, and he's actually been our best defender since Conte arrived. Davies actually looks really comfortable in that sort of left centre-back role under Conte. Um, Reguilon and Emerson have both been playing well. We'll have a first mm. choice attack out there. We'll have the team that was going to play today. I, I can't imagine the lineup will be any different to what it I would have been so, today. Yeah. So yeah. I think we should be all right. It, it, we just need to make sure, like I say about every match, we have to make sure we play our game and not get sucked into Brentford ball, whatever that may be. Dave, what do you think of Brentford so far this season? And how do you see that game going next week? Um, well, Leeds have got a bit of history with Brentford, mainly because we could never beat them at Brentford at Griffin Park. Mm. And also, ironically, because we could never beat them, the last game we had at Griffin Park was a turning point for when we kicked on last season and ended up getting promoted. And that was because Thomas Frank said that this is the last place Leeds want to play right now. <laughs> and uh, basically wrote the, wrote the team talk for us and uh, yeah. and you know, won Kiki Casilla Howler as per usual. But then the rest of the game, we, we played very well and we got a point. And, you know, it's one of those where you get a point and you go, mm, got a point. But that, that one was actually genuinely the thing that kicked us on. I don't particularly like Thomas Frank. I think he's a bit a bit of a dick, quite frankly, <laughs> quite arrogant. And interestingly, I think, he's, I think he does actually have, sorry, I'm going to kill your swear word beeper, but he's got That's a, uh, he's, I think he's got a no dick. Heads policy in Brentford. Elaborate. But he's also got himself, as in they've got a policy. When well, one of the policies nice. has it, they they have to have you know genuine nice people. I, to be honest, I, I'm I don't particularly buy into it, but it's just something that I've heard that they have. 
not that I'm sure that other teams have. We must have more <laughs> dickheads in our team. Well, there are enough of them out there in the league. Let's be well, honest. I'm sure there are. But, Every um, team's got them. But then they also have him and they have Pontus Janssen, who was a known questionable man when he was a lead. So I'm, I'm not convinced by it. But they started well, obviously, by beating Arsenal. I mean, that was always mm. going to be a win for Brentford on the first wow. Friday in the new they stadium. They earned it, though. They earned it. I know um, Arsenal were bad, yeah, yeah, but they looked good, absolutely. so I remember. I think we'll see what happens when they lose a fair few on the bounce, which will happen at some point this season. I think they'll be in the, the bottom five. They're scoring a lot, though. I mean, not necessarily scoring a lot, but they seem to score in every game. I think maybe twice this season. I was looking at their results earlier. Twice this season so far, they've failed to score. So they're, they're quite consistent. And it's not just Tony. It's not one of those teams where it's just one guy scoring. Oh, no, he's I think a, he's only got he has an off game. Season. If anything, he's setting more up than... Because, I mean, I've got him in my FPL teams. So this is why I've been keeping a close eye on this sort of thing. But they're, they're getting goals from the wings. They're getting goals from Mbomo, of course, as well. So it's, it's a difficult one. And it's a bit of a cliche, but they seem to have a unity. They seem to have like a team spirit, which is something that is often said about newly promoted teams without too many superstars. But there does seem to be a good kind of work ethic and energy and every player wants to play for the team. And there's almost this sense of not no pressure or nothing to lose because obviously they could get relegated, but they seem to go into every game thinking no one's expecting that much of us. We're the underdogs. We're newly promoted. Let's go and take it to them. And it's paying off so far. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I agree with that. I mean, you're absolutely right. They're sharing the goals around and Tony actually scored a penalty today against Everton. And Very cool. Wasn't Thomas it? Frank has said he is the best penalty taker in the world, which is obviously no pressure. <laughs> but uh, excellent, excellent technique in taking that penalty. Mm. Um, didn't look at the ball once. Eyes on yeah. Pickford. As soon as he moved, he put it in the other corner. Excellent. And he do, certainly does have something about him, Tony. He's got the swagger of a Premier League striker. And, uh, you know, he's one of, I would say, at least two or three probably three 30, 40 million pound players that they've got that they didn't spend 30 or 40 million pounds on because that is what Brentford do. You know, look at a lot of other players around the Premier League and land a lot of the Premier League. Ben Rama, um, Watkins, there's another one that I'm forgetting. The guy at Brighton who can't score. Malpe, yeah, Yeah. Malpe. So yeah, they've done this before and, you know, they've got a very good, a good setup there. But yeah, I I actually do hope they stay up because I've got a few friends who are Brentford fans and, uh, Mm. but yeah, I hope they get zero points in the next two games. (laughs) Oh, of course. So you got them afterwards, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's going to be a good chat next Sunday. They're at the Spurs Stadium and then they're at Ellen Road. I saw an interview with Ivan Tony at the beginning of the season, actually, which I Sorry to keep bringing it back to FPL, but somebody asked him, said, do you know you're you're the most popular striker in Fantasy Premier League this year? And he said, yep, yeah, I want everyone to captain me. I'm going to score this game week. So he's obviously confident. So uh, yeah, should be He's only actually got one. two or three, I think. But he's got, yeah, four. he's only got a couple, but he's been, he's Is one of those four, players. Yeah. He's one of those players that even when he doesn't score, he's always involved, isn't he? He's always like today, he was running back to his own corner flag defending. He's got a high work rate. So I don't want to make it all about him, but he's definitely an asset to them. So if we win, that puts us right back up there with a the game in hand, potentially. Depends on what happens with the other results. But assuming we did get three points there, we'd be up there in fifth, I think, just behind West Ham. Yeah, we'd have been a point of fourth if we'd played and won today. So that made it all the more frustrating. You're looking mm. you're looking at the game as the one that gets you back in touching distance yeah. and and then it gets called off. But, but then sometimes it, it is, is nice to have that game in hand, isn't it? It depends on how it's going. No, it's never nice to I'd always rather <laughs> have the points. Bird, bird in the hand, yeah. Always yeah, no, fair enough. And games well, come thick and fast this time of year, so I guess the only saving grace is if there is ever a time to lose a match because points are going crazy all over the place anyway. It is this time of year, yeah. and our next two games are home against Brentford and Norwich now. So you'd hope, yeah. you'd hope by the time we record the next podcast next week on on Sunday evening, we're talking about having just got six points in the last two games. So, and so. it's funny we alluded to Norwich as almost the anti-Brentford. Well, I did anyway a moment ago. Anyway, in terms of their adaptation mm. to this league, and they've actually picked up a little bit since sacking. Yeah, Mr. not Parker, a good time to playing them, is it? Really, and now have a former Brentford manager. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, I mean, are there any other orders of business? Anything else to discuss before we move things along? Because I know we're going to get into some challenge earlier, which is going to be particularly hard on Dave this week as a one-man team. But I mean, what we, uh... Dave is held back by the others, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't want to say it because I'm sure they'll all be listening to this when it goes up. Uh, oh, I'm happy to say they need to up their game. <laughs> Elio's laying down the gauntlet for the others. Yeah. <laughs> but no, to be fair, Dave, you have been doing very, very well. So uh, we'll get on to stop, challenge. Stop Elio picking me up in just a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is all just psychological warfare, isn't it? Yeah, yeah getting started early this week. 
Before we go on to Challenge Elliot, just a quick shout out to everyone listening and just to say, as always, as every week, you know the drill. If you want to get in touch with us and let us know your thoughts on anything we've discussed or anything Spurs, just get in touch on social media via Twitter or Instagram at Plus Dave Podcast. You can email us at plusdavepodcast at gmail.com. And if you really want to get stuck in to the Plus Dave online scene, you can join our FPL league with the code JB3PSV and try and take on Pricey, who is currently in the top... I think 17,000 in the world or something. He told me the other day that if he gets any higher, he's going to change his team name to Plus Day Podcast for some free advertising, which is very cocky of him. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll, we'll see how that goes. Hopefully, for my sake, in second, he comes crashing back down. But yeah, please get in touch and let us know what you think about all things Spurs. And again, thanks everyone for listening. Right. Shall we get into Challenge Elio then? Is yeah, it that time it. of the week? Yeah? Sure. Yeah. Elio, are you feeling confident? Because you've pretty much been on a unstoppable winning streak the last few weeks um i feel like this works in dave's favor <laughs> no because i can never remember what clues we've done for the who am i so ah you've got I, joe, I there on joe to say the number joe's your pa <laughs> <laughs> so are you saying that you might be the star but you've got other players in the team making you look good is it like that yeah yeah they handle the diary <laughs> yeah. on the note of by the way our fpl yeah. Dave and I are fighting it out for bottom spot. It's a relegation scrap, isn't it? <laughs> it's the real who's, story. Who's paying less <laughs> attention to it? That's, the, that's what I want to know. I mean, Dave did triple captain Shane Duffy, which to me sounds like throwing in the towel. Or, you know, a real Hail Mary trying it to was, make up It was ground. an absolute Hail Mary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way I'm going to keep in contention. A hundred point single person. <laughs> I'm just frustrated because Pricey has gone into about a 50-point lead and has now slowly started morphing his team into a clone of mine so that I can't catch up with him because we have the same players in the team. <laughs> Oh, anyway, that's, that's, that's all a, the wild cards that's a, for. That's a shocking way of doing it. That's like, I, that's, that's like the is, price is right and going one that's, pound that's up. That's like taking a 1-0 lead and, and parking the bus. It's just, it's just shocking. Mm. It's just shocking. Right, let's get on to Challenge Elio. So for this week on Challenge Elio, similar kind of format to usual. I've got a list-style question, and then I've got two Who Am I's. So we've got two for the price of one this week. I know how much you guys love the Who Am I's. And Dave, you've actually got quite a good record on them, so I'm curious to see how this goes. But, Just get um, my pen. The first one... Bit of a segue here, but I saw I saw a tweet the other day that made me laugh that said, two years ago, we had a 95th minute winner by Mora in the Champions League. <laughs> this week, a 95th minute winner by Mura in the Europa <laughs> Conference League. <laughs> That's it. That's the segue. So I'm just talking about that. So nice. I'm taking you guys back. I'm asking you to cast your minds back to the glory days of 2019 when Spurs went on, safe to say, their best Champions League run ever. And what I'd like you guys to do, and I'm going to give this to Dave first, just because it's only fair that he gets the first bite of this cherry. I want you to name all the teams that Spurs won against in that Champions League run that year. If you keep naming them, so you get one wrong, Dave, and then it passes over to Elliot to see if he can clean them up. There's, there's a couple of obvious ones, I think, semi-obvious. And then for a bonus point, you can try and name the scores. I'll give Elliot some bonus points if he names the scores, but... Dave, can you think of any teams that Spurs beat in the Champions League that season? Well. One of them's in our jingle. Well, one's Ajax. <laughs> it is Ajax. Very good. Can you tell me the score, though? Don't forget it was a two-legged affair. Can you name the score from the game that we actually won against them? Because we didn't Well, the aggregate those. score. No, no. The, the score of the actual game that we won. So do I get two points for saying Ajax twice, then? No, because we only beat them once. Oh, okay. But I'm going to give you two points for saying Ajax because you get double points. I'm going to give you um, another two points if you can name the score. Was it 4-1? It was not 4-1. That one will come back to Elio. But I'll give you another shot at getting a team given that that was for a bonus um, point. City. City Man is City. correct. City is correct. We beat them. We beat them and lost to them. Can you name the score from the match in which we beat them? 1-0? It was 1-0. Very good. Very good. All right, you're on a roll. Just start naming we, European I mean, I'm teams to roll now. To stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very abrupt stop of the ball. Yeah. So there are three other teams, but there are actually four other wins. So we beat one team twice. Can you name any of those three teams? I'm trying to cast my mind back, and I'm getting nothing. Mm. No, it's tough. I mean, I, I didn't expect you to get more than those two, and in fact, I, I wasn't sure you'd get more than one. To be honest, should have had more faith in you. Um, I just. Um... Pot shot random European team. Yep. Uh, Schalke. No, no. I mean, <laughs> I want to say good guess, but 
<laughs> that's what I can guess. So it's, it's a European club. I'm, I don't even know I'm if they're in the Champions League you. that year. I'm no, I don't in, know if they were. When this is over, I'm going to see if they're actually in the Champions League. I'm curious so, to see if Elio can not only name the teams, but name the results. So I'm going to clean up now because I actually remember <laughs> this whole thing very <laughs> Did well. Did Elio just say, I'm going to clean up now? Wow. Okay, go on, Elio. You better get all these right now. Elio would not get into the Brentford team. <laughs> Dave's not going to um, have another shot at this one, I'm afraid. All right, then, Elio, come on then. Let's hear it. So I'm going to go in reverse order. So four wins. Before um, the quarters was our away leg at Borussia Dortmund in the last 16. Mm-hmm. We won 1-0 away with a goal from Harry Kane. <laughs> I was going to ask for the goal scorers in a minute, actually. But yeah, go on. Then we, before that, in maybe the best game we ever played in the Champions League. It's between that and the win over Madrid the year before. We beat Borussia Dortmund 3-0 at home. Goal scorers? I can only remember one of them. There's one that stands out for me. There is the one that stands out for me is Vertonghen, who yeah. <laughs> had an unbelievable match and capped yeah. it off in the last ten minutes with the most beautiful goal. Um, was it a volley or something? Or it, it was, it was just a very, very hard hit from a bit of an angle in the air. It's one of those that if he tried it another hundred times, he'd probably miss every <laughs> yeah. single time. Uh, maybe yeah. a bit harsh on. It would have ended up like Rudiger's ninety seventh minute effort today. Yeah. Then we obviously had that horrendous group stage. Um, mm. We're only going for wins here. You don't want me to just tell you every result in the group stage. No, just the wins. Just the wins. But if you really want to show up, you can throw some of those out there. Because I know uh, you were at some of those games. Well, we beat Inter at home, which gave us a fighting chance going into the last game away. Mm-hmm. That was... I can't remember who scored the goal in that one, so forgive me for that. Um, but uh, I don't know if I can forgive you for that. Idea. <laughs> minus After how one. cocky you were a few minutes ago. And before that, we beat PSV at home as well. We beat them 2-1. Correct. And that is all our wins. We also, in that group, we lost to Barcelona and we lost to Inter in the opening game, having been the better team, but lost right at the death, having been leading for most of the match. We drew Mm. away to Barcelona to sneak us through with PSV somehow holding Inter Milan in their game. So it was very much down to the 95th minute whether or not we were qualifying for the knockout stages. Mm. But I want to talk about that Barcelona game just for a moment. I was, I mean, yeah, of course I was, but that was... The game that I always said was the game that I always wanted to go to. It was Spurs-Barcelona against Messi. And And he didn't disappoint, did he? I'd been saying for, by that point, 10 years at least, that Mm. if I could only ever go to one game, I'd want it to be a Tottenham-Barcelona game with Messi flying for Barcelona. And much as I'd have loved to have won that match... I just remember feeling that, okay, we've lost 2-4 at home, but I've Mm. come away from this having seen Messi play at full Messi and tear us apart. And and we didn't even play badly. That's the thing. We we were arguably actually the better team, but he had an absolutely ridiculous match. It was... Mm. It was a thing. It was one of those beauty. games where without Messi, we'd have had a chance. He was exactly the difference. He was the difference. Um, and yeah, I, I, I go to my grave one day slightly happier with <laughs> that memory embedded. And uh, if if I ever live so well that I begin to lose my marbles, I hope that one thing I do remember is that match. There you go. I remember that as well. I mean, they took the lead within about 20 seconds, didn't they? And they had a really good goal from distance. Harry and Kane scored a beautiful goal. Kane scored a goal. very nice goal, I remember. Yeah. yeah. yeah On the nice turn goal. from an angle. Mm. It was it was, a very, it was a Kane special back when his feet yeah. could move. But yeah, that was wonderful. Obviously not as big a highlight as Amsterdam away, but <laughs> this was me watching poetry right up close and I absolutely loved it. The Kane goal was actually right in line with where I sat as well. So, mm. so that was quite nice. Um, yeah, sorry, sorry for that slight distraction. But... No, no, not at all. No, that's what we're here for. I mean, look, I give you a hard time, but you know, credit where it's due. That was very impressive, and you you absolutely nailed that and got everything right. But well done to Dave as well, who who actually got a fair few there. So we'll go through and work points? out the points. I think, yeah, I think you probably got more points. <laughs> yeah. I took off five points when he said I'm going to clean this up now because I because he offended me. Talking of that Champions League run, I mean, obviously it was it was crazy. I mean, we nearly went out in the group stage. We nearly went out to Man City. We nearly went out to Ajax. It was an absolute roller coaster. Dave, do you remember much of that as a non Spurs fan. I mean, obviously, Champions League is the Champions League. Were you watching the IX game or the Man City game? Any of that kind of VAR drama? Do you have any memory of that? That um, cup run? I think I was, I'm pretty sure I saw the second leg of the City game. 
But yeah. I'd, I had forgotten how high scoring it was. I know you you went through on away goals, but I'd, I'd forgotten that it was so high scoring. Mm. Um, and and I and I watched the final with with you. You did indeed, yeah. <laughs> but but other than that, no, I I couldn't care less. You were watching the Ajax game because you were in the group with us talking about. It, I'm sure of it. It might have been in the. I wasn't watching it, but it might have been in my subconscious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. BBC you Sport. You feel text. like you were there precariously. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and the final, of course, Elio, you nearly missed it. I nearly did miss it. I spent uh, 10 hours in Stansted and four in Madrid. So you almost know how that guy feels who's just flown over from Dallas to watch Spurs this weekend. It's kind (laughs) of almost the same thing. But luckily you got there just in time to watch a pretty lacklustre final. I mean, I missed the winning goal because I got got to go to a Champions League final. So not many people can say that. I'm not sure I'll ever say it again either. Some people can go to a a Champions League quarterfinal, Dave, yeah? You didn't go to the semi, did you? No, I didn't go to the Valencia game, but I did go to the uh, Deportivo one. I'm actually looking at that right now because it reminded me the the Barcelona chat because I, w- I went to Leeds Barcelona um, okay, and um, yeah. it was a great game and uh, Rivaldo scored in the 90th minute to equalise. I was about we to nearly, ask you a question, Dave. A famous, you famous you may have just answered it. I was about to ask you, who's the best player you've ever seen live? Oh. He's got to be up there. I mean, Rivaldo was very, very good. Yeah. Um, Second, like, second uh, group stage of that game. I probably wasn't an individual, but the best team I've ever seen was Real Madrid in that mm. in that year. It, we yeah. basically it was almost like we shook hands on losing two 0 at the start that of the was, game. That was like it was just prime Galactic we were never going to win, wasn't it? That what was year like was Ronaldo, it again? Two thousand and one, yeah. Beckham, yeah. Well, that would have been two thousand. Figo, Raúl, Christmas. Yeah. I don't think they had Figo yet, did they? I think Figo was just a touch after. Well, they, had, they definitely had Raúl because he scored. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That was just know. before Zidane, Figo, Ronaldo, and all. And no, Figo was there. Was he there? Mm. It was. It was Casillas, Roberto Carlos, Fernando Hierro, Ivan Algueira, Raúl, Stephen Manaman, Figo, Ivan Campo, Guti, Jeremy, Claude Makélélé. Well, not a bad bench. team, is it? It's kind of like PSG now before PSG were a thing. Oh yeah, because Mac Manaman scored that unbelievable mm. goal, didn't he, in the final? All right. Should we do the first? Who am I now? Are we yeah. ready for this? Let's do it. Let's do it. You've got a good record on these, Dave. So I'm expecting big things. And since Elio cleaned up. As he promised just now, I'm going to let you have the first clue. Again, I'm not sure this is a positive. I'm not Again, sure yeah. this makes it easier. Well, Dave's on his own in a Spurs podcast as a non-Spurs fan. I think he gets to go first. Dave's more of a Spurs fan than all the to others. To be fair, the fir- getting the first clue probably isn't. The <laughs> Never say that again, Elliot. <laughs> hey, that says more about them than about you, mate. <laughs> True. Give me a number, Dave. One, one to ten this time. I've, I've gone a bit nuts here. <laughs> number seven, please. Number seven. Hmm. I wonder how much this will help. I am five foot seven inches tall. <laughs> Fucking hell. Do you even want to have a guess or do you want to keep keep it going? Well, that's not very tall, is it? <laughs> well, sure we've had shorter players. Stephen Carr. No, it's not Stephen Carr. <laughs> Elio, give me a number. Number one. Number one. I am a left-footed player. <laughs> These kids are great, aren't they? Left-footed. Left-footed, five foot seven. It's not messy. Left-footed, five foot seven. I love how Elio actually thinks he's going to get it off that. He's actually giving this a proper think. He's like, yeah, I'm that good. That's well, all we I haven't need. had that many left-footers, so I want to think, <laughs> compared to right-footers, so I want to think who stands out as being particularly little. Um, I imagine he's got a whole list of every Spurs player ever in front of him, and he's just crossing them off like a giant game of guess who. He's got a height chart. Yeah. Of, of names of names of Spurs players. Like, like when you're tracking how tall your kids are on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> um, complete stab. I think this will be completely wrong. But uh, Paolo Tramatani. That is that is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, it's that is wrong. It's not going to be someone I've never heard of. <laughs> no, no. I think you've heard of you've heard of this guy. Dave, give me another number. First, I'd like to apologise to Stephen Carr because I've done him out of two inches there. <laughs> and if he's watching, I'm sure he'd be upset. What I'm number, sure he would. What number did I say apology. just now, by the way? Oh, I don't um, know. Just give me numbers. I think that was that was number. See, this is why we need nine. Booker. Yeah, this is why we need Joe. Just give me numbers. I'm I'm going to pick and choose the number one, anyway. please. Number one. As a kid, I was nicknamed the Mayor of the Street. That's a cool nickname. The mayor of the streets. Is that telling you anything? These mates weren't particularly good at giving nicknames. <laughs> yeah. Is it cool? I don't know. It kind of feels cool. I think it's quite cool. It's a mouthful, isn't it? When he's walking down the Here he comes, the mayor <laughs> oh, of the street. The mayor of the street's on the ball. <laughs> um, ah. You can pass. 
Elio's not going to get it on the next one, is he? Surely. Rule Fox. <laughs> no, it's not Rule Fox. Elio. What number was that? Oh, who knows? <laughs> it was number one. Should we just do away with the numbers? Should I just read out? No, I'm writing them down now. I've got this. Well, I, I don't so even, we've I'm had seven, nine, and one. So yep. I'm going to go with number four. I have six goals in 74 international caps. It's a lot of international caps. I'm going to go with Serge Aurier. No. He's not left-footed, is he? No, he's not. It's not Serge Aurier. And Dave. Number five. I played 44 times for Spurs. Scoring once. Any stabs? So it's the mayor of the street. Five foot seven, left footed. 44 times for Spurs scoring once. And six goals in 74 international caps. Are you writing these down? Yes. Is it, is it Edgar Davids? It is Edgar Davids. Unbelievable. Well done. Well played. I mean, there, there can't be that many Spurs players with that many caps. But I don't know. Weirdly, weirdly. And it, how did you get that? Weird. Well, this is how I got it. I wrote them all down and I was reading back up to the top. And yeah. I got 44 Spurs, one goal, six goals, 74 caps, Mayor of the Street, which is rubbish in English. Yeah. Um, yeah so you probably better in the translation. Yeah. Left footed, five foot seven. And then from the previous question, I had the word Ajax. What? <laughs> oh, I all see. That so it was, written, it was written up at the top. And I put it, all it, that together and came up with So there you go. I feel like that's almost cheating, but it's not. That's brilliant. Yeah, very so well done. The other clues were going to be, in my 23-year career, I played in four countries. I was born, this is an interesting one, would this have helped? I was born in Paramaribo, Suriname. That would have helped because I of Dutch players. is the only Suriname player we'll have ever had. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a few a few of the Dutch internationals over the years have been from there. Seidoff was... I think Kluivert, um, maybe? I think a few of them, yeah, maybe. Potentially Hasselbank. What other clues were there? I have played in the Champions League final, which is a bit of a kind of red herring because you'd been thinking of Spurs for that one. I've been described by a former manager as a one-man engine room. And that's it, I think. In fairness, the second it was five foot seven and left-footed... I told you I was trying to think of all our left footers and think it was short. It should have mm. been that that gave it away to me. So I'm very. I think the thing about the thing about the left footed clue is that it's easier to remember left footers who are attackers because you remember them finishing with that foot. You don't necessarily mm. remember a defensive midfielder using one foot True. or the other. I suppose. Ah, that no, that's just me. Was famous. But very well done, very well done by Dave. That's a brilliant, brilliant guess and um, a well deserved fifty points. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I will take it. All right. So to wrap things up, we've got one more. We've got a double round of who am I this week? So Elio, it's your chance for redemption. And as with before, I have ten clues. So uh, Elio, you can go first this time. Give me a number from one to ten. 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 <laughs> it's the same clues again. I am five foot eleven inches tall. <laughs> I'm That's, sensing a few. There aren't there aren't many of those. Yeah. But you know, I don't want to make them too easy. I feel like that narrows it down to the majority of men. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's quite a common height. Robbie Keane. No, he's probably shorter than that, I think. Yeah, no, it's not, it's not, it's not. Uh, Dave. Number one, please. Number one. I have played, oh, it's interesting. I have played for five London clubs. Five. That could have been Robbie Keane. Yeah, <laughs> he's played for everyone. Any guess? Um... I mean, that, that is a kind of clue that does narrow down more than I'm 5 foot 11. Yeah. Oh, I can't think. Teddy Sheringham. No. Elio. Uh, two. I have finished second in the Premier League. Second in the Premier League, five London clubs. Les Ferdinand. Correct. Nice. Very good. Well done. Well done, Elio. Very good. Oh, it wasn't far you've away match, with you matched Dave. You've matched Dave there with the, the impressiveness of that one. That was supposed to be a bit of a red herring because you'd, you'd immediately be thinking of one of the Spurs players who finished second. But yeah, for Newcastle. I'm really disappointed that nobody went for number eight because clue number eight is I am a qualified helicopter pilot and I am not Jürgen Klinsmann. <laughs> How many ex-Spurs strikers are qualified helicopter pilots and why is more, more to the point. Uh, the rest of the clues are I am an MBE which probably would have narrowed it down a fair amount as well. I have 17 caps for my country, not many for a player of that standard, and five goals. I played 24 games on loan in Turkey. Would you have known that? I knew he played in Turkey. Played for Besiktas. 
Yeah, I played for Bishop on loan from Newcastle, I believe. Yeah, uh, no, maybe on loan from QPR. But yeah, I have won PFA Players Player of the Year. Not for us, sadly. I scored 39 goals in 149 games for Spurs. Mm. And I scored the 10,000th Premier League goal. Would you have known that? That one I didn't know because I was there for it as well. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. I remember watching Soccer Sadly when that happened. So yeah, Les Ferdinand didn't exactly shine at his brightest at Spurs, did he? He had one very good season on the hodl, but he was very injured the whole time. He, he'd lost any pace and mobility mm. he had, and mm. he spent most of his time wasting crosses from David Ginola. I remember it being quite a, an exciting signing at the time, because obviously, you know, he was so good at Newcastle and, and had a good career up to that point. Yeah, but we were getting him to replace Teddy Sheringham. Mm. No comparison also, between the two. He was 31 when, you, when he joined you as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing. And and I was actually surprised to read that he was five foot eleven because he was so good in the air, or at least as best he was, that you kind of imagine him being a bigger stature, don't you, than five five foot eleven. You think of him as a bigger player. So yeah. He was, he was thirty one when he joined you. He, he was with you for six years. That can't be right. And then he played for West Ham, Leicester, Bolton, Reading and Watford. Really? <laughs> he was that old when he, he joined was, us. He must have been fit as a fiddle. Yeah. Yeah, Ronaldo's got nothing on that. So yeah. Rooney Rooney does. <laughs> Yeah. We're not talking about Wayne Rooney after last week, Dave. <laughs> we're going to have to muzzle you after that. Um, so yeah, that is it. That's that's the end of Challenge Elio and um, a fairly competitive one this week, I would say. I'd, I'd say Elio probably just edged it, but I'll go through and I'll count I, up the I points. disagree. I think that's a, that, <laughs> was do, a, that, that was a wonderfully exciting score draw. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know what? I would say that if I, if I, if I had to sum it up, job. Yeah, I, won't, I won't go through and count them I mean, yet, but I think that was I, close. It took me half as many clues to get the one I got right. <laughs> just saying. I'm going to have to play the Not a Spurs fan card. <laughs> every week every week gotta play that card well, look, well I'm done beginning to, to have my doubts about that I think you've been a closet Spurs fan all this time I think he's slowly becoming a Spurs How fan you, I don't sir. think you're even from Leeds <laughs> you, I, I think by the end of, of this season's worth of Plus Day podcast I think he may well be a Spurs fan we'll see I like to think that just being stuck in a chat group with seven or eight other Spurs fans he at the very least prefers us not to lose these days. Let me ask you this, Dave. If you had to pick another team other than Leeds to win the Premier League, would it be Spurs? Um, I wouldn't pick any other team. For your friends. Dave's like me, he doesn't do second clubs. I'm not asking who's your second club. I could could have a second club if they weren't in the same division. (laughs) He's wriggled out of this one. I'm going to say that as I mean, yes. I mean, to be honest, there are everybody, everybody in the top four, are, well, whatever the top, whatever, are all horrible football clubs. So. Exactly. So, in other words, you'd want us sure, to win. Sure. Thanks, Dave. Thanks. That's what I wanted to. Do. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And on that note, I think that's probably just about all we have time for this week. Mm. That, that's gone on for an hour. We've done well. We've managed to squeeze an hour's worth of podcast without a game. So, well done, guys, for that as well. And of course, we will hopefully actually have a game to talk about next week when we come back, and that will be the. We'll have two game. games to talk about, hopefully. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Exactly. So, join us for that as well. And thank you to everyone, as always, who has been listening all this time and has stayed with us throughout the season. <laughs> Thirteen episodes in now. As before, if you would like to get in touch, please do on Twitter and Instagram at Plus Day Podcast. And we look forward to welcoming all of you back again next week. That's all from us. Thanks for listening. Stay classy, Spurs fans, and we will see you next week. Here's Lucas Moura. Oh, they've done it!